Uh, this is more of a draft episode of how we want to approach the series. And like I said, I can just kind of do this off the cuff. Well, perfect, because I started recording. Oh, excellent. So this is the uh, <laughs> first episode slash uh, episode zero of our series. And ultimately, uh, what we'd like to do is share some viewpoints from uh, some fine personnel here um, who like to get together and game and talk about life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we have, uh, we have no that, credentials. We have, yeah, no. Well, no. Here's, here's the worst part. We're all male. We're all white. We have no credibility left whatsoever, given society's current state. So um, every um, everyone, I'm sure, really wants to hear from us. Yeah, re- yeah just, just ignore right off the bat. <laughs> just to, just click said, away now. I just just end it now. If if you're thinking about if you even like looked at it, just just delete it. Get out of your memory banks, and yeah, we're just, good. Just we're done. Run. We have nothing to add as white males to society. We have privileged, very narrow points of view, and we're wrong for thinking we're allowed to think at this point. So uh, <laughs> we apologize in advance. Uh, that being said, uh, we think we have a a, a relatively um, interesting concept for a, a show. We've kind of bounced back and forth on, on ideas, and the one that we've landed on is, uh, if I may, and uh, the concept being that uh, when I when I interrupt somebody or I'd like to interject with a comment, uh, the, the nicest way I can, um, you know, get in my two cents is to say, well, if I if I may, and then, you know, go along with that. Yeah, so, so if I may, why don't we just go ahead and jump right into one of our first topics here. Uh, that we well, have set up. I guess you may. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So the, the first first thing we have set up here is though is the idea of common sense and how uh, this generation apparently has less of it than uh, previous generations. I know. Uh, yes. That's kind of like a, a common saying. I know at one point in time I saw an article that it, it was kind of like a, a tricky article. It, it made you think that it was talking about cell phones, but it was actually from like the eighteen seventies or something like that, and it was talking about newspapers and how uh, the the modern youth is boiling their minds by looking at this stuff, you know, instead of if, talking if to I people may, around I them. Think this is, I think this has been something that's that's been going on for, for a number of generations, and I'd be curious if there was ever a generation that existed that wasn't one that looked back and said, well, back in my day, it was, you know, so much harder, and we had to walk to the bus stop, and the other generation before that would be, well, we didn't have buses, we had a, you know, horse and buggy, and we had to feed feed uh, Speedy her oats every morning to make sure she can make it to school. Uh, there's all this random nonsense. I mean, at some point, you'd have to think, uh, you know, a generation existed that said, oh, wow, I've, I've bettered things for my generation, and I'm happy they have that. Whereas well, that I think everything really every generation exists. wants to make it better. That way they can, you know, say that, oh, my kids had it better surely, than I had surely, it. If I, if I may, Kyle, surely you, you meant to, to say, if you may, before you just really... Uh, if I may, I don't think we need to do it every time. I think it's more of the concept. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we're working on it. We'll yeah. Out. Well, yeah. Now, now I lost my train train of thought. Thanks. Thanks. Was, I was going was somewhere with that. But uh, yeah, I, I think everybody. I mean, obviously, there was a generation that was just grunting, uh, and they were cavemen, and that didn't work out too well for them. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's everybody's got a little bit easier as technology progresses and uh, life moves forward, and the human race learns more and more. Yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, just in in general though, like what what is the point where where prior generations look back and or like look forward rather, because they, they're always looking forward and saying, oh, they didn't have it as hard as I had it, or they're never going to be able to figure it out. And we all are here. And granted, I could say a lot about society and where it's going into the toilet and what have you, but um, 
you know, at what point do do you look forward and say, okay, it's not about like how hard it was or wasn't for someone else. They can still succeed and, and figure everything out. Like, I, I'd like to go back to you know, making America great again. Let's get political. That'll be fun. Um, and no, basically, go go and think back and say, okay, well, I I, I really want to support my family and and not just my family. I mean, think beyond the core, you know, traditional family. Say, I want to support. F- the 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 population not america but more like the world and say okay what can i do to make it a better place and i think that's something despite all the horrible garbage about inclusion and uh, participation trophies and all, all that sort of nonsense yeah, if i may here i know one of the popular things popping up on youtube or i just i just watched the whole series is the cobra kai i don't know if you've seen it at all but it is it's a it's a playoff of the karate kid it is is first of all hilarious. There's a couple episodes in there. I, I'm wondering if they didn't quite do them in order as far as recording, because there's like especially towards the end, the last episode, the, the acting's a little hokey. But then some of the earlier ones are super good, so it's a little mixed bag. But one of the big things Sorry, is it's Cobra Kai. What, what is this? Yeah, so it's it's a split off the uh, Karate Kid. So it's basically the Karate okay, yeah. the Karate Kid, the the 80s movie, but like 50 years later. So they're they're both dads, and it actually uses the original. Karate Kid and the original quote unquote bad guy. So right now, uh, the 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 bad guy, the the blonde kid from the original movie, he's now kind of, you know the pseudo good guy, or he's the main character that you're following around. So it's him okay. like 50 years in the future, you know, 40, 50 years in the future. Uh, they you know the Karate Kid has kids. He's successful. He owns a car dealership, and uh, this guy is kind of just a bum. To in a sense, is he's that, an alcoholic. If I, if I may, is that the is that the peak of success? Owning a car dealership is that... uh, for the Karate Kid. It is. He he kicks the other competition or something like that. It, there's 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 definitely some hokey stuff going on, but it, it's pretty funny. But one of the big things, if you go and watch the trailer, is that he has the uh, the the new generation of kids. He starts he starts his own dojo, and he's got the new generation of kids in there, and he's making fun of them and like. Oh, the split lip here. Uh, you gotta you gotta mess something messed up with your face. Like, dude, you the other his like main pupils. Like, you can't say that kind of stuff. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> Toughen them up. And so it's it's set in modern times uh, from the Karate Kid era, and so yeah. it's it's kind of funny. You see that generational difference, and it's actually they they have a a lot of they're on the edge there of you know politically correctness, but they they do the comedy in such a good light that I don't think there's anybody that's really going to have a huge issue with it because it's making fun of the fact that you can't say that kind of stuff anymore without offending somebody. Yeah. I think there's a, if, if I may, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of material along, along that exact train of thought. And certainly I, I can appreciate as much as an person a good comedy that touches on some, some real key topics like that. I think we should probably do a separate episode on, on different comedies like, that are making fun of different areas. So I think we'd touch on Scrubs, maybe touch on, um, what are some good comedies that I can think of here? I've never seen Scrubs. Netflix. You've never seen Scrubs? Yeah, if I may, I apologize. If I, if I may, you need to watch Scrubs immediately. Is it on you, Netflix? You, I don't know if I can do this this recording with you anymore. This is... If it, I don't know if it's on Netflix or not. It's just a classic comedy, and I'm pretty sure you would, you and Juliana would both love it. Actually, similar to like um, The Office, I've seen episodes of The Office, but I've never like watched The Office. Yeah, I, I'm in that same category. Unfortunately, I know that's that's a good comedy for for a lot of different reasons, um, and I'm you know I'm certainly up with all the pop culture and the memes and the other nonsense that, that result out of that. So all of those 
do make sense to me, but I wouldn't claim to be an office expert. I know a lot of people have watched that show, or rather that series, several times through on Netflix. It's the uh, quote-unquote popular thing to do. But yeah, I think that's something we could we could touch on, just our favorite uh, favorite comedies, favorite other shows. I know um, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Oh, of course. I think, if I may, I think one of the main topics of the uh, podcast uh, when the next Game of Thrones season comes out would be Game of Thrones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I would absolutely be on board with with doing some Game of Thrones content. Um, I know it's it's already heavily done, and I'm a huge fan of a, a, a number of channels that are on YouTube um, that stream almost exclusively Game of Thrones content, whether it's books and or show. Secrets of the Citadel is a lot of fun to watch. Talking Thrones, uh, they have way too many spoilers, but I'm addicted, so I can't stop watching. Well, they're now that past the books, so everything's everything's pretty fresh. Yeah, but uh, there's I guess there's a group called Watchers on the Wall, and these are people like entirely dedicated to identifying the spoilers and figuring things out. So um, between between all of the information going through those various parties, I'm very up to date on on what's supposed to happen. I guess um, I, I, some would say that it ruins it. I, I would just say that you know, even if I know the story, it's still going to be really, really cool to, to see it all happen. Yeah, so and if I may, we'll have to fun. hold the door open for that one and uh, see what Yeah, we, see what beyond, beyond my Game of Thrones rant, uh, if I may, uh, there are certainly other shows I'd, I'd like to like to discuss that are on Netflix that we can you know cover in some you know brief passing. You know, there's Blue Mountain State, certainly. There's Spartacus. Uh, the Spartacus series there is about. awesome. <laughs> It's got uh, it's yeah. got nudity. It's got blood and like fighting. It's got like, everything. These are yeah. a few and of I've, my I've favorite been things. Spartacus lately in the mornings is kind of something to do while I'm having my breakfast. So um, <laughs> while yeah, you're having my breakfast, <laughs> yeah. nothing better than watching a Spartacus. Of, uh, uh, it's just a breakfast thing. Yeah, it's it's whatever. A couple gladiators but, uh, just slaughtering each other. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> A little bit of nudity in the morning. Be game nudity and gore in the morning. Yeah. Look at all of the, the options and all the shows and, and kind of put together a, a recommendations list or discuss the pros and cons. But uh, one of the things that we definitely wanted to talk about uh, today, if I if I may, uh, would be you know modern gaming. And one of the things we, we had kind of highlighted and outlined that we wanted to discuss was was what is modern gaming doing for, for friendships? What is it doing for for the the idea of me growing up in the 90s and I would go over to my neighbor's house and we would play on a console, we'd hang out together, we'd play Mortal Kombat, we'd play the classic Mario games. You would go over to a friend's house and you would play games. And with the way systems are going, I understand technology and internet and the, the instant ability to connect to you know an entire world of, of people who, who you'll never actually meet is, is fantastic in a lot of ways. But is it is it bringing us together or is it is it pulling us apart? I would like and, to, if I may, I, I think there's two main topics here. There's there's number one. Uh, I think we can talk about our particular situation. I think that's uh, kind of interesting as far as like for us. I'm in Wisconsin. You are in Minnesota, and one of our good other good friends that'll be uh, joining us for uh, some of these podcasts is going to be out in Seattle, and actually, I'm very soon going to be in Colorado. So that's not going to really work out too well as far as being able to see each other at all and uh, being good friends we like to stay in touch and so i'd think gaming in general is one of those things that uh, definitely gives us that time together and hanging out where in without modern gaming i don't think that would really be possible uh second topic would be just the online friends thing in general i guess me personally i have not had 
like a friend that I've met online and I'm only friends with that person online. I guess is that something that you've experienced? Um, I cannot say that I have um, a, a good friend that I, I would I would put in that category. Um, I would say that I have certainly met many people and added friends on various games. Fortnite is really easy to just add someone that you like to play with or was, you know, a, a fun uh, companion who, you know, you thought played fairly or assisted you in any way, shape, or form, or even carried you if you're not the best player in the world. But um, and I can think back to uh, Call of Duty and the other classic games with shooters where you would, you would potentially add someone who was really good or if you, you know, were able to support them. And they appreciated it. They might try and add you and, and play with you some more, um, which sounded way dirty than it was. I apologize. Let's yeah, if I may, I would say that Call of Duty. <laughs> now that now that you mentioned that, I think that's definitely one of the ones that I definitely had the most kind of online friends for. Because remember, I started. Out, I didn't get an Xbox until literally my freshman year of college, and that's pretty much right at the trail end of Black Ops One, and then uh, Modern Warfare Three release. So I played the crap out of Modern Warfare Three, which isn't. Uh, in hindsight, that good of a game, but I, I, that's still my favorite one just because it was the first one that I had a lot of experience with. And I definitely remember there was a bunch of, there's a couple guys that I would play with almost every single night that I'd never met in real life. We'd hang out. Exactly. But it's it's one of those things too where don't know their real name, haven't talked to them. If, if I may, have you have you seen uh, Ready Player One? I have seen Ready Player One and read the book. And that- I read the book twice before I even saw the movie. Oh, you read books? What a nerd. Dude, um, have you not read the book? Uh, fortunately, I have, have not read the book, and nor do I have a whole lot of interest in it. Pause, pause, if I may. Uh, lazy. You, your uh, future wife is like a book nerd, and I will be very disappointed in you if you do not read that book. That is one of the best books I have ever read. And if I may, the disappointment can begin now. Anyway. um, Disappointment in what? In me. Oh, you're not going to read it? Um, Unless you provide a copy during hunting season, which is the only time I crack open a book for leisure, as one would say. What what is your... Um, uh... Viewpoints in audiobooks. I can forward you the audiobook right now. Uh, audiobook, I, I would potentially do. I, I have to sit in the office and work all day long. All right. So you'll have you'll have to um, text me the uh, your uh, Amazon whatever email you want me to send it to. Yeah, let's let's I'll, do I'll that get this not on the podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but not, I think the, the podcast show. agrees you need to read this book. Understood. Anyway, <laughs> if if I may continue with our our train of thought here, um, you know our. You, you may have had online friends and it may have, have worked out, but it, you never get a, a real connection. And maybe maybe people do. I guess I don't think I've ever looked for that. I've always had enough friends, but, um, you know, without trying to sound like I'm the cool kid on the block because everyone knows I'm not. Um, yeah, it's just never I've never had to reach out as, as that as my with that as my only venue to to get friends, but there may be kids or, you know, people out there, adults even, who this is their main interaction. They can be somebody online in the sense that, you know, anyone online in, in Ready Player One, the movie version, which I'll get the book later if you're going to send it to me, um, you know, it allows them to, to establish a friend base. But even then, it's like one of the big taboos is you never tell anyone what your real name is. You never give out that information because you never know who's out there. Um, I think, I, I yeah, guess I'd have... if I may, I know Ready Player One definitely takes it to the extreme where your entire life is pretty much in this game. Uh, if you, if you read the book, pretty much they literally go to school in the game, they work in the game, like everybody's life is in the game. There's like 90% of your time is in the game, the rest of your time is spent sleeping. 
So I guess that's a little bit of an interesting con, like for Ready Player One. But even today, I would say there's definitely a little bit of that, especially with uh, maybe you know, especially the this I guess quote unquote single crowd that you don't really have too many opportunities to go around and hang out with people. You know, that might be that's an easier way to meet people or you know, quote unquote people to hang out with and have that social aspect that I think all humans need. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that statement. <laughs> Sorry, I think you were going somewhere else with that. I, I no. interrupted. No, you're good. You pulled me off. I'm just mostly offended. It's whatever. What? <laughs> offended by what? No. Everything. I am offended by everything. Um, circling back to the initial train of thought again, though. Um, you're sitting here and you're kind of wondering, you know, who who has these online friends? Are they real friends? I mean, obviously, in, in our context, we use the, the platforms to stay connected to to friends that we know in reality, um, friends that we've had, you know, consist of people that we like to play a game with, and I, I don't think it goes much beyond that. There may be people who do that, but the core the core argument or statement we were kind of fishing at is basically stating, you know, are games bringing people together or pulling them apart? Historically, for me. They brought people together. They brought me together with my friends. I would have to go over to their house. We would play, you know, the game sitting next to one another with, with, you know, the ability to have two people on the same console. And and yes, it's nicer that everyone has their own screen and you would have LAN parties and uh, everyone would bring over their Xbox and or their TV, depending on how many TVs you had at the house. But, you know, what 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 are games doing today? I mean, they're, they're kind of pulling us up, apart in a sense that you don't go to someone's house and hang out. You just call them online which is nice but it's it's kind of like you know what is facebook doing for for society today you know there's the new commercials that are all kind of propaganda based trying to say they're managing your data better and blah 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 because they got in trouble with the government but in, in reality people are addicted to social media and, and what is what is what is that really doing you have people who are you know growing up children who who are addicted to social media. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek, who has some great leadership things for business. And without going full business mode on people, uh, he, one of the things he addresses in, in one of his talks is dopamine. You know, the drug that you get anytime um, you, you feel you feel joy, essentially. It's, it's, a, it's a hit of dopamine. And children are, are getting, and, and adults, gosh, not even the kids. I mean, even a lot of adults. Way There's too many lots adults. of moms that are on Facebook that shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> on Facebook and on too often. The idea that everyone's on Instagram, on Facebook, and they want to post like they're living this perfect life. Yeah, and, and you if, know, you, if you didn't reply in five minutes, what are you doing? Like, what the heck? Yeah, if, if I didn't get, you know, 50 likes on my picture of, of me out in the park with my dog. I'm a failure. It didn't, yeah. It, yeah, it didn't matter. I wasn't dressed well enough. People didn't care. And what's my world coming to? And then you have people who are looking at that thinking, oh, God, why am I not at the park with my dog? I'm a horrible person. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, yeah, there's definitely there's, – there, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a commercial on it. There's a difference between, like, gloating and, you know, where it's like, oh, look at me at the park. I'm so cool versus, yeah. uh, hey, I'm at the park. Wish everybody else was here. You know, it, but, if, it, but if I may, it's keeping us together in a sense. But I would argue it's, it's also tearing us apart, like – there are the advantages where you have people you actually know that you you have connections with, and it's nice to have Facebook and Instagram or whatever to see what they're up to. But I think my fear for for future generations is that you're going to have people who are so connected 
that they're they're disconnected. You know, the 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 old adage of I'm standing in a crowd of people, and I feel so alone. Now I know, like I, even I'm, two weeks ago, I if I, if I may, I know, like two weeks ago, I I went to work, I got out of the car, I'm like, crap, I don't have my cell phone. It was the first time in about five six years that I went a whole day without my cell phone. I mean, I had to text, I, or not text, but like I like emailed my wife and my mom, be like, hey, just so you know, don't have my phone on me today. Totally forgot it at home. And I live like 40 minutes away from where I work. So, you know, going home was not an option, even during a lunch break or something. So I know mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was definitely a interesting if I, thing if I to may, like look the at my... The fact that you would even consider going home for lunch to get, you know, to get your phone is a bit ridiculous, but it does show how connected everyone is and or feels that they need to be on a regular basis. Yeah, it was one of those things where, I, well, my previous uh, place of living was five minutes from work, so that that is totally justifiable in my mind, considering, oh, yeah. uh, you know, typically, I typically go out for lunch anyway, just to kind of get that break from the grind of, of work, and, you know, get away from the computer screen and that kind of thing. But yeah, just going that whole day without my phone, it was kind of eye-opening of like a crap, like... I, I would normally look at my phone for this and I'm going to have to go and just, you know, talk to somebody or look it up on the computer instead. Like bathroom breaks were a whole lot shorter. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if I may, there have been uh, a number of comedians uh, seeing as I listen to comedy most days when I'm at work, you know, to keep myself sane, there have been a number of comedians who, who address that, just that issue going to the bathroom. Um, there's probably not a single person who, when they go to take a poop, uh, isn't on their phone. Um, I think statistically, it's on, yeah. If if I may, I think statistically, it's one of those things where I think it's a ten minute bathroom break a day equals a full work week over the course of a year. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But yeah, number of people who bring their phones into the bathroom, it's a bit gross. You wash your hands, but you don't really think about the fact that you were holding your phone the entire time you were in there. Phones are absolutely disgusting. That's the moral of that story. But. Um, it's not even just on 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 the number two stall, if you will. Yeah, if uh, I may, also... just just a quick butt in is think about that. Next time you borrow somebody's phone, just think they pooped and wiped their ass and then held their phone, and then now you're touching it and putting it against your face. Well, yeah, it's because people are, are using their phones in the bathroom and they're not thinking about it. And then, yeah, anytime you touch someone's phone, you've basically shook their hand while they're off the bathroom pot. Yeah, there right. You off, like, yeah, you have dick hand on your face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if I may, I'm wondering if, you know, there's any ever been a study on, like, how long bathroom, sta- like, have, be going to the bathroom has taken now versus before the cell phone, like, before the uh, I don't phone. know about the bathroom timing. I would be, I would bet large sums of money that that's in the same department. Uh, but I, I do know, and I have read articles that restaurants are having uh, a huge issue because everyone wants to post on Instagram what they're eating and take pictures of the food. And um, the the people who are eating at these restaurants are complaining that their food's not coming out fast enough or um, when they finally get it, it's cold. It's And they basically were able to point out the root of the issue being that people were on their phones, they were taking pictures of the food, they were wasting all their time and and going like that. So it's, it's, it's slowing down service, it's creating a lot of issues, and ultimately... Um, you know, it's self-inflicted as far as these people complaining about the service or quality of these restaurants, and it has nothing to do with the restaurant. It's, um, you know, people being idiots and needing to post everything on Instagram. Yeah, the, the whole taking pictures of food in general, I think, is real, real dumb. I think if you go to like a, because if you go to a fancy restaurant, you probably shouldn't have your phone out. You should be, you know, you're at a fancy restaurant. But if you go to 
like McDonald's, that's not worth taking a picture of. Like, I guess I can't think of any scenario where it would make sense. Maybe if you made something yourself. Okay, I'll give you that one. If you made something yourself and you're proud of it, yes, you can take a picture of it and post it wherever. But restaurants, no. You didn't do anything there. The restaurant did it. You shouldn't be taking a picture of your food. I mean, yeah, the only acceptable picture in my mind at the restaurant is during a birthday. You have somebody doing something silly. Got to get a video or a picture of that. Or if it's yeah, like a group photo that. of like family where you're going out to eat. Like Mother's Day just happened recently. And we took a pic- nice picture oh, yeah. of all of us at the table with mothers, you know, with my mom and my grandma. So, yeah. you know, that's the kind of thing where, yeah, that's acceptable. Oh. Uh, at any rate, yeah. uh, did we want to touch on microtransactions today or did we want to uh, wrap this up as a... Uh... Episode zero. I think we can hit up microtransactions. If we talk for about five more minutes, we'll hit the 30-minute mark, and I think that'll be well, that'll Yeah, be I'm good. actually playing Fortnite right now, and, I mean, this is the, the most recent phenomena as far as, you know, game that's out there and everyone needs to play it, and it's been it's been kind of fun to learn about the game and, and see everything that's happening, but it, it blows my mind that kids are using their parents' money to to buy all this crap on a game. And the parents like, are letting them. Well, yeah, and the fact that parents, the fact that parents would let them is, is just a bit ridiculous. And I actually have a little kid talking in the background right now saying that he doesn't use his parents' money, but uh, his voice tells me otherwise. So I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys can't hear that. So that's, that's <laughs> low hanging fruit, but it's uh, still hilarious to me. And I thought I'd share, but uh, that being said, you know, you're looking at, at games that are, are making all of their money off of microtransactions. Now, one I'm a bigger fan of would potentially be League of Legends. I don't think there's a, a cost to play that up front, is there? No, there's zero cost. So I think there's there's definitely two kinds of microtransactions. Uh, there's the, the pay-to-win and pay-to-look-cool. Uh, now, yes, games I, like Fortnite, Fortnite and League of Legends both are, or League of Legends for the most part, I can get into that in a second, are in general pay-to-look-cool. If you want to pay extra money and look cool, that's totally fine with me. If, if, if somebody can pay money and beat me, you know, if, if you go into a game that's free, I know there's there's a bunch of Steam games that kind of suffer from this. I know uh, it's, an, it's a little bit of an older game, but uh, uh, Planet Side 2 is, is yeah. ruthless for that. Is somebody can go in, pay money, and there's nothing you can do. Like You can be the be- like best player in the world. They come at yeah. you with a tank that they just bought for $10, and you're wrecked. Like, you can't, like, there's nothing you can do. So yeah. th- there, there's that kind of thing. And then there's also, I guess there's a third one where it's a, a pay to advance quicker, where it's, uh, that that's kind of where League of Legends kind of falls in between there of the pay to advance quicker and then pay to win. Because League of Legends, you unlock the champions, which you can go over time by uh, earning credits in game. But if you pay extra money or if you pay real world money, you can unlock yeah, some characters faster. Burn, though. Yeah. yeah. So you can you can unlock stuff faster. It doesn't make you better. It's like League of Legends. There's all the different champions. There's like hundred or so. There's not one that's necessarily better than the others. It's just kind of a situational thing. So yeah. I think that's it. It's not as and bad if, as like uh, if I may. The the games that really bother me most are the ones that you know, these stay at home moms who sit on their phones all day and play you know some sort of silly gambling game or they're playing Farmville or whatever the game might be and you're just sitting here shaking your head saying you just spent real money so that you could do something in, in, in a world that's completely fake and you have the biggest baddest farm on farmville and you're just kind of like okay what have you accomplished i mean 
I guess it's it's hard for even me to see the difference between a, a game that I enjoy playing and something like that, where it's like, okay, well, I'll sit here and spend money on a league skin, and that makes sense. But if you ask me to spend money on, um, you know, some sort of nonsense in Farmville, I'm like, well, what what am I accomplishing? Nobody wants anything in Farmville. That's just dumb. Right. Like, if I may, I think one of the things is the uh, the games that don't take much skill or thought i don't know to me i guess i'm not interested in the game it's like it's like uh, uh slots or you know something like that because you know that's basically just like a cheap stupid video game you're, you're putting oh, yeah. money in and hoping for the best like farmville I, I, like granted i'm sure there's some farmville expert that's like whoa 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 there's way more of that but you're, 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 you're planting crops and farming it i think one of the other big offenders is i and the best recent example is the new harry potter game I don't know if you played that at all on Android or iPhone, but uh, it's one of those games that game. you're literally waiting to do a chore. Like all this game is, is a chore. I know the Harry Potter game does have some like storyline behind it. So that you might find that interesting, but you're you, the whole like, Oh wait, 10 minutes for your next ability to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or pay now to be able to do it now. It's just, it's stupid. You're, you're wasting yeah, your money. I, at, anything. I, Anything that has Harry Potter on it's going to still sell like crazy is the silly thing. Oh, yeah, it's all that, yeah, all that brand. There's Justice League stuff and, you know, the Marvel. They, they have the, all the, oh, they all have a version of that game. Even Game of Thrones oh, just yeah. released a game where it's the same, you know, same stuff. Some, some moron in Silicon Valley is making anything and everything a game right now, hoping they'll hit it big. And, you know, sad fact is some of them get it. Some of them get it right and some of them get it well, even reasonably and get paid at all. It's kind of a joke, but. Um, you know, the capabilities out there and that there's enough tech nerds who can put something together, just find the right niche and, you know, hopefully it, it blows up. But I think there are some, especially mobile games, I think are the biggest uh, microtransaction offenders because nobody wants to pay for a game without having tried it. And uh, mobile oh, yeah. games, it's kind of uh, since the beginning has had the expectation of they don't, they shouldn't cost anything or they should be like $3 maximum. So that's yeah. where somebody who spends a decent amount of money to make a mobile game, you know, they pay developers and they put a lot of time into the game. They want to get their money back. Microtransactions make more sense for them. I think there's some games that do do it fairly well. Uh, a fairly popular example being Clash of Clans, where it's it's a smart <clears> game. <throat> it does take some strategy, but then they put in enough uh, microtransaction stuff to make it worth your while to maybe throw a couple bucks at it. Yeah, and I can I can respect it as yeah as long as it's not that you need to have this in order to be successful at the game, I, I can support microtransactions. But if if you, as we've just already covered, if you need it to advance quickly, or if you're going to get blown out by somebody who spent two three dollars, it's it's really just a waste of time. No, I know uh, there's a Battlefield hasn't kind of interesting thing because once the game has been released for a year or two, they'll re they'll release battle packs so you can pay. So it's kind of like Call of Duty, how you like uh, level up your guns to advance through ranks and then you unlock more stuff. In Battlefield, they have an interesting strategy where after about a year or so, they'll release battle packs where for the four different classes, you can pay to just unlock if, everything. If, if I may, did, uh, did you play Destiny at all when that was big? I played the original Destiny. I didn't get super into it, but I have played it, yes. I, uh, I played Destiny with my uh, roommate and uh, he and I would get home from work and we would grind at that game. All night long, we, you know, did beat all the bosses, did everything you could. And, and that concept, I, I don't know if that's a microtransaction, but I, that, I'll say that's flirting with it with respect to they sell you, you know, half of a game or even a, a third of a game and sit there and, and let you play through it. And, and they, that's their big release. 
and then uh, whether it's like six months or a year later they then release like phase two and they make you essentially buy the game again except there's a, a slightly new expansion a new you know creation of the story beyond that and, and nothing turned me off faster to to that type of game than than to release it in that manner if i go ahead and buy your game um i, I don't care how much content i mean i guess the that's that's not a true statement. If you released enough content to justify a whole new game and the expense, I would absolutely be on board. But the fact that, is that when they released the content, it was one new story, a couple new armors, and a couple new guns, and a, and a few tweaks here and there. It, it wasn't anywhere near enough to justify the expense of basically buying the game over to take it to the next level. So another bad defender of that is Call of Duty. So... The game that stopped I me. Call of Duty in years. I know. The game that stopped me was Black Ops Three. For Black Ops Three, I bought like the best pack or whatever, like the hundred dollar job, the the everything pack. Uh, yep. And in, from previous Call of Duties, my expectation was that I pay this premium price up front. I'm going to save money in the long run. I don't have to pay all, buy all the expansions or all the you know bonus maps, uh, and I get everything, uh, guns, everything, because I like that's how it was in the past. And all of a sudden, yeah. you have the loot crate junk where you have to go through, and I don't get every single gun. I have to try to hopefully get it from a loot crate. And yeah, loot crates, somewhere, yeah. I mean, there's the infamous Battlefield or Star Wars Battlefront 2 now that had the, the god awful. Well, that upset a lot of people as far as my like, I didn't even, I have not bought Battlefront 2, and I love Battlefront 1. I'm really glad I didn't. I would have enjoyed playing was, that game. I was very close, but yeah, I, I bought Battlefront 1, loved it, played a lot of it. Yeah, Battlefront 2, once I heard about that, it's like, at some point you got to just not buy the game to prove a point. And I think uh, I, I took that stance on that game. No, I, I can support that 100%. I mean, when... And, yeah, and that's also why I haven't bought a single Call of, of Duty since Battlefield, or Black Ops 3. Sorry. Yeah, ahead. for my own health and management, it's, it's probably best that I, I don't have any more Call of Duties. I've been playing those forever. But um, back in high school, that was the cool thing to do. But... Um, yeah, it, the, based on everything I've heard and seeing, I, I really don't feel like I'm missing out on anything there. No. So I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good wrap right there, unless you had something you're about to add, add in. No, I was just going to say the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars one was, was absolutely huge. And that upset, um, you know, one of the most loyal fan bases that's out there. And the idea that you would have to grind as, as long as they, they wanted you to, in order to get, you know, certain characters. I mean, I'm okay, you know, make them play for, you know, a certain amount of time, like go through a tutorial and maybe even, I think if I think back to Modern Warfare 2, and I'm sure it was in other ones, the prestige system or something like that, where you yep. you essentially, quote unquote, beat the game, you reach the max level. Okay, then, then unlock everybody at that point. But from the sound of it, I think they were saying in order to unlock even a single, you know, Jedi level character, and I haven't played it, so I don't know for certain. So please take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. But everything I was hearing was saying you would have to play for, you know, days nonstop, essentially, in order to have, you know, even one of these characters, you know, be playable for you unless you were willing to spend money. And, and you only have the certain odds of getting it. So you, you even, like, that's the other thing. If you spend money, well, you don't even know what you're going to get. Okay, I, di I didn't know it was an odds thing. Too. Yeah, and the odds were god-awful. So it was like if you, yeah. you bought 10 crates, your likelihood of getting uh, one of the powerful Jedi guys or the cards for it was less. You're not guaranteed to get it. 
So you know, you yeah. can spend fifty bucks and get nothing that you want. Yeah, that's that's unreal if if that's what it was, and yeah, I, I don't doubt it. Um, you know, it's it's all about making a buck, and you know, the first person who's going to get screwed out of that is is the fans, unfortunately. But well, I think that's uh, that's a good wrap for our, uh, our first go at this. Um, covered a lot of topics, uh, mentioned some things we'd like to discuss in the future, and obviously uh, it's just the two of us for now. But we'd like to loop Brent in. This is a test run for what we'd like to. You know, By be the way, uh, in the if future. I may, my name is Kyle. Uh, we never we never covered that. Oh yeah, introductions. Well, I suppose we could have some sort of cool screen name, but uh, actual names would work just fine. I think first names uh, are good. My my name is Nick. This is Kyle. And, nah, it's uh, not Nick. Brent, Don't lie to Brent them. Brent will be our counterpart. Uh, yes, Nick, the most cons- <laughs> inconspicuous name possible. It's definitely not that. Um, no, but we'll we'll look to you know, figure out some key discussion points and put some stuff together. Get Brent involved when he's uh, back from Seattle um, and kind of get a, a regular thing going on. I think it'll work out nicely. Yeah, I know. Maybe I know. A couple of their future topics. Guys. Maybe we'll, we'll throw that a couple other future topics. Uh, so I guess another little, uh, maybe episode one, we can start with that, our little, our backgrounds a little bit so people kind of get it. But uh, uh, Nick is uh, is uh, accountant, so he's got a lot of business and uh, that kind of insight. Uh, Brent is a wildlife ecologist. Uh, he's got his master's in that, so he's got a lot of outdoorsy stuff. And I, I'm a uh, mechanical engineer, so uh, got a lot of technology and science-y kind of stuff. So I think we got a pretty good spread of, uh, Kyle, if I, if I may, all I'm hearing is we're three adult white males. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to listen to us. Yeah, so we, we have zero. Yeah, so if I may, we should probably just stop this now. <laughs> we should probably just end it. Yeah, nobody wants to hear us. 